Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down over here on the Strickland YouTube channel, and if you're listening afterwards, the Strickland Podcast Network. Um, this is the post game show where the Knicks have lost their third straight game, one twelve to ninety nine. Um, I mean. I will say this. Um, shout out to Emmanuel quickly for a great game. Um, shout out to Obi Toppin for a pretty good game. Um, all right. Now let's get into the actual bullshit that transpired on the basketball court today. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, we, I do know where to start. The fucking idiotic coach that continues to have a job. And I'm just praying that we somehow are able to get him fired these next couple games because the shit that he just keeps pulling and I just, Oh my gosh. Um, where, where do we want to, where do we even want to start with dibs in terms of like rotations? Like to be, to be clear, Sam, when you say the shit he keeps on, he keeps on pulling tonight. You mean he didn't play Fournier enough. We should have put him on DeJounte Murray, right? According to Wally Zerbiak, we should have Wally Zerbiak obviously wanted to see the garden record get, be eclipsed tonight. Like that's obviously what, he, what his plans were, but I mean, like, oh man, this is just all going to be like a rehash of last year, man. Like where all the all that was in the chat begging for negativity and last year's post game stream vibes. You're welcome. It's back. You can thank Thibs for First this. First of all, y'all are sick of thanks, for that. You, you can thank Julius Randle for this. You can thank Evan Fortier for this. You can thank the front office for this. You can thank all parties involved for all this BS that's still transpiring. I mean, like, I'm watching this game, and I'm just like, yo, this is last year all over again. Like, we have a big lead. We blow it. We get embarrassed. Players look bad. Thibs not playing the right rotations. It's just like... Oh my gosh. And people really thought this dude was going to change, man. People thought this guy was going to change. Oh my gosh. How did, uh, how did, how did y'all get tricked like this? How? The beard. The beard. People, y- y- y'all thought a beard was changing this man. Oh my God. Only thing it did was change his appearance. It did not change this man's philosophy on basketball or anything like, oh, oh my gosh. Um, Jeff, what is the main glaring thing that you want to? you want to like point out from Thibs so far? Cause I just, my, my mind is scrambled right now. I just don't get how, I just don't get how Fournier played the first eight minutes of the third quarter. I don't. Yeah. That was confusing. I was I really like, I don't understand what he watched in the first half. I don't, it's man, it's so frustrating. Um, yeah. I mean, Jesus, I'm I'm with you. I'm like my brain is so fucking. I I just can't like comprehend how does like this guy watch all the film from last year, from all those games, and come to the conclusion like I gotta do this thing again because they're not doing it. It's not me. The players are just not executing it to the perfection that I planned it to. Like that's what there's people who follow him who say that too. Yeah, like, well, to be fair, like if they did perfectly execute Tibbs' scheme, we'd be really good. And it's like that's not how the fucking thing works. It never there's no utopia in basketball. We're the Knicks. Like, and it's not just because we're the Knicks, like we're just a good team full of good players. So you have to be willing to mix it up and try different things versus um look, the first half we got up 23 and Evan Fournier, we lost Evan Fournier's minutes. 
That's not random. It's not a small sample size. I tweeted out today, the starting lineup with Fournier has the worst defensive rating in the history of the NBA. Over over 100 minutes now, the history of the NBA. It's not a surprise that he came back in. I don't know why he came back in. I don't know why he quickly got pulled. Like, we're up 23. Oh, God, it's down to 17. Got to make some sort of weird change. Okay, I guess it's Fournier's turn. 17 goes down to, what did we lead by at half? Eight? So 17 to eight in four minutes. He goes in the half. Even though we did go from 23 to 17 with quickly on the floor, overall, we were like plus 17 with quickly on the floor. He was clearly the team's best player in that first half. Maybe not even the best because Obi was so remarkable in the first half, but he just doesn't play enough. Quickly played, you know, 13 minutes or whatever. Um, I know Fournier picked up his whatever, his third foul, and then quickly came back in. But the point is, is we were really good when one of them played and really bad when another one of them played. So it's okay to be aware of that. It's okay to just be like, you know what? Quickly's playing better tonight. And like, fuck that, man. Like, it's okay to understand that Quickly's just better at basketball. I don't understand what we're doing. Even if it was close, this would be a terrible thing for our franchise because one is 23 coming up on an extension and one needs to be out of here as soon as possible. What are we doing? What is the point of this? You can't say, you can't say he's trying to win. That, that excuse doesn't fly anymore because he's clearly not trying to win. We're not winning. And we're especially not winning when 40 is on the floor. We're at least coming closer to winning when Quickly's on the floor. So if he wants to win, play Quickly more or more than Fournier. And then this guy had the nerve to put Grimes in in garbage minutes. Like, bro, like that's a slap in the face of everyone, bro. Like, I'm not too upset about that because Grimes has only played like seven minutes in the preseason and like he was just coming off injuries. So like, I'm not too upset injury. about it, but like at the same oh, yep. All right, quote, quote unquote injury. But still, like he hasn't played. So I'm okay with him getting in like garbage minutes, but the fact of the matter is like, uh, like if you're gonna use him situationally, why not just put him in for like, say he said there was no minutes restriction either. So like, yes, there was no minutes limit on him. So like, uh, why would go? You, if you're just gonna let him play, like let him play like five minutes a quarter or like five minutes um a half, and at least get him some legs instead of just garbage time. I just didn't understand that move, especially when you're looking at the defense being what it was during that stretch in the second quarter heading into the third. Why not just put him in for some stops and then take him out? I'm just, I'm flabbergasted by why they what they were doing. I'm just like, what are the, what is the plan that, what is the plan? There is no plan. It's just like him being rigid. That stretch in the third quarter, as soon as like he kept Fournier in after that first time out, I was like, okay, they're losing this game. Because at that point, to somehow think that that lineup just needs a pep talk and there's no changes made is wild. And the first up was Brunson. How is Brunson the first up for Rose, who wasn't doing anything either? Not to mention the fact, Rose was the this first, was the first up guard that, off the that's bench. Such a, like, that's such, a good, that's such a good point, hell? Tyrese. I, that's, that's such a good point, Tyrese. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I tweeted it from the Strickland account. That is mass the Fournier bullshit. Like, what in this season has given Tibbs the idea that, oh, okay, it's time to get serious now. Rose should come in first instead of quickly. Yo, that I was thinking bonkers. the same so, thing. So not only is Fournier playing over doing? quickly, Rose is playing over him too. What are we doing? That I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. 
Yeah, like, Rose has been playing, like, 12 minutes a night in a perfectly good role, and all of a sudden, you think this is the game to bust out first six-man Rose? I don't get that. Like, why is Derek Rose, he only played 17 minutes tonight, but if the game was even remotely close, he would have played more. So I'm just like, what is the plan here? What are you thinking? Like, I don't understand this reliance on Derek Rose this late into his career. I just don't. Why is he the first sub? And why is he playing like. Which is a love affair with him. That's all that, it is. Well, true. But like, that made no sense. I just. These decisions were baffling tonight. Just baffling. There's a there's a there's another tips thing that that peaked his ugly head out tonight. So we've to, we we talked about this at the end of last season all the time. Tibbs sometimes it happened in that Heat game. If you guys remember, the Knicks played the Heat in Miami on ESPN one night. It was when Van Gundy was like, you know, this bench plays pretty well, like you know, like and what was that top in twenty point game. Right. But in that game. RJ played well in the starting lineup and nobody else in the starting lineup played well. And Burks was awful off the bench, but the Knicks were down 25 and they cut it to like 18 to start the fourth quarter. It would have been a perfect time to just be like, okay, let's put RJ with the bench and let's go with our five best guys now. But because Tibbs views them as units, he was like, oh, it's the bench that has going. I'm just going to leave the bench in. He doesn't infuse them together. He doesn't mix and match. He's just like, oh, the bench has it going. Tonight, to start the fourth quarter, it was obvious that Hardenstein was getting absolutely murdered on the offensive glass, and he wasn't a huge part of anything good that was happening, even in the first half. He didn't do much besides hit a three in the first half. He was still getting blitzed on the offensive glass because he's a terrible – look, I like Hardenstein, but he's a terrible defensive rebounder. He terrible. Is. If your Awful. reason for keeping him in with Randall over Obi is, oh, well, what if we get killed on the defensive glass – that doesn't work. That doesn't fly with me because Hardenstein is terrible on the defensive class. But anyways, they should have started the fourth quarter with Brunson and Mitch in with quickly Cam and Obi. That was clearly their best five. It was clearly their best chance to win. Brunson and Mitch came out at the six-minute mark of the third quarter. This was your chance to win the game. Both Trey and DeJounte were going to be on the bench. This was their chance. And Tibbs was just like, nah, the bench is playing well, so... We got to stick with the bench. And yeah, what happens? Let's run game? them to the ground. Exactly. And yeah, that, I mean, his refusal to mix and match and to view them as anything other than two units is just such a big problem, part of this whole problem. And this guy, oh my gosh, bro. And then, like, he like teased people with leaving RJ out there with IQ and Obi and then immediately subbed them out, subbed him out. Like, oh my gosh, bro. I hate this fat guy. I hate him. I hate him. Oh my gosh. Please, someone take him off my basketball team. Please. Detroit Pistons, please beat us that day we come into Detroit or or, or you guys come to MSG. Please, please, please beat us. Oh my gosh. Oh, and this is, and we didn't even start talking about number 30, man. Like, Yo, like, oh, my oh gosh. no! Yo, I'm gonna. Yo. I, I, I got, I got it. I got it. Oh I got it. my gosh! I got, I got, I got, like, I, got I got, I got it. I got it. Son, oh. Tyrese, Ty, Ty, Tyrese, if you want to turn super heel here, you'll Boy, start praising the? Randall, and you won't look back. What the fuck was he doing tonight? Dog, dog. No, 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 no. Shut the fuck up. Nah, bro. Yo. Boy, son. 
What was that? What was that? He was playing like he was drunk. Like, not even drunk, didn't even, no, drunk, drunk, drunk is an understatement. He played like he was literally sloshed. Like, straight up Australian shoey sloshed. Like, I have no idea what he was doing, but it wasn't basketball. That was rugby. Bro, he was playing rugby on that court tonight, and he just looked out of shape, out of sorts, out of place. He was breaking uh, everything. The left hand floater, like, like, bro, it didn't oh, wait, even this look is, close this, to going in. Like, this is not the he, blacktop. You're not Chris Ridley. So what are you doing? <laughs> and then, and then my thing, my thing with him too is that the fact, the fact that Jalen Brunson, the way that he was playing, enabled him to keep playing like that. And it was like, yo. We did not bring you here to be a spectator to the Julius Randle sideshow. Like, this is not what we brought you here for. This is not what we paid you $104 million for. And, like, I understand you had to foul trouble early, but, like, after that, he came back in, and he was still, like, being really passive with the ball. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, yo. Oh, man, yo, my head is hurting from this game, bro. My head is hurting. That's probably it, but it's also this game, too. Like, oh, my gosh. You You go, Tyrese. I just Brunson's passivity is becoming an issue to me. It's like I, it's almost Kemba like from last year. Remember when Kemba was just like, "Here, Julius, whatever, just whatever." It's like, like and the it's problem scary. is like it's it's like almost worse than Kemba because you know he could take over games. He's done it before, but he's just for some reason he just doesn't want to get involved the way he should be really getting involved. And it's like, I'm sorry, but Julius is not Luca. Julius is not Luca. Like You're you, number one, Jalen Brunson. You're number one. Don't forget it. And like he's having good statistical games, but like the fact that he's just so meek, and I get he the foul trouble was a was an issue, but at the same time, like you're just being so meek and passive, and it's just like, dude, you can take 20 shots. Nobody's gonna get mad at you if you take 20 shots. You can take like look at like the shot, like Trey was, wasn't feeling it tonight, but he was taking 22 shots still. He came out of the game and he still took 22 shots. Like, 22 shots in 27 minutes is wild. Like, why are you not just taking shots? Why are you not being aggressive? I just, I want to see Brunson, like, step up. Like, why? Obi Toppin should not be taking 13 shots in less than 19 minutes when you play 31 minutes and you only take 15. That yeah, makes no man. sense. That that OB corner three that went in and out that would have cut it to five was just Ooh, such a and then man, that was that was those, that part. sequence of misses let Thibs know. I bet time to put in number thirty. Let's win this thing, or let's lose this thing, as he really <laughs> means. But like it's as soon as he missed, as soon as he missed the as soon as he missed the two threes, I saw Julius starting to get up. Then I saw him miss the oop. Then I was like, "All right, then it's it's totally not our night. Like we're not yeah. even meant to win this Once thing." Once he misses the like, oop, I knew. <laughs> and yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, Julius is gonna come back in. Obi's gonna sit, and game done." Like, oh man. But let's get to some comments. But before we get to some comments, ad read time. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. 
Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. All right, let me look towards a matchup for tomorrow. All right, we only got two games tomorrow. Warriors against the Magic. Um, Bounce back spot for the Warriors. I would take... um, and it's going to be in, in Orlando. I would take all of Steph's overs. All of them. Take all of them. He just had a triple-double, too. Take all of them. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, as you see in the corner of your screen. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right, let's pull up some comments because we had we had quite a few rolling in even before we went live. <laughs> um, so Brian Benjamin, he came in. Brian Benjamin's like always early. Shout out to him. He's always early, pulling up, always angry too, loving the energy. Dero's first man off the bench. Guess this is a sign that Thibs is falling back into his bad habits. If Obi plays 12 or less minutes, then we can confirm. Obi played a little bit more than 12 minutes, right? He played seven. No, he played less than he played 18. And he only played 18 because like the game was getting out of hand. So like again, if the game was close. He wouldn't have played minutes. And it's like, dude, it's year three. It's year three with this coach. And I'm just like, nothing has changed. Have has he improved on anything? Like he was actually doing some stuff early in the like second quarter with like um ghost screens between guards. I was seeing some like some nice spade pick and rolls. Like the offense was flowing and then he just went. That's how he nah. tricks you. He's like, like he's like, I, Yeah, I got this shit in my bag, but nah. I've nope, never I've y'all. never seen a coach who can actually like coach when he actually has to coach. And somehow he just decides to shut off his brain midway through coaching. It's like a G, like you know those guys in school who are really smart without even trying. Like that's kind of what Tibbs is, and like somehow when he stu- when he decides to study, he can't he can't pass the freaking test. Like it made no sense how somehow that second quarter, well that first quarter into that early second quarter, he was just like in the Duffy bag work. Like Allen Iverson would be proud of how much the shit was coming out of his Duffy. And then somehow he just goes from that to Anthony Bennett, where he just like is shitting all over the court, and like, oh, does he even make his Thanksgiving? I'm honest. Like, does he make it to Thanksgiving? I don't think so. He probably just watches film in a room. With a no, I'm talking about, like as a coach. Like, do you think he makes it to Thanksgiving coaching this team? Oh, does he make it? Hey, yo, I'm I'm telling you, yo, Detroit, y'all watching, yo. Honest, I I honestly feel like if the, like that next stretch of games, uh, what you talk about the uh, was it the Sixers, Sixers, Celtics, Sixers, Celtics, Wolves, Nets, Pistons. He loses five out of six of those games. He's gone. I need him to. I need. I honestly, I don't like room for losses, but for the sake of firing this coach, I'm hoping for a clean sweep. Like honestly, because look at look at the stretch they've lost: Bucks, Cavaliers, Hawks. Sixers, Celtics. These are all teams who are going to be in the playoffs. Then you have the Wolves, who are also going to be in the playoffs as well. The Nets. You can't lose a Nets game, bro. That bro, with how the Nets look, dude, they won't win that game. No way. They, they, I think they have a better chance of beating Boston at home than than Brooklyn. And that's the problem. Look at that. That team is in absolute turmoil. Like 
that team's a straight up carousel. That will be the game. If they lose, they have to fire Thibs. They have to. Yeah. You yeah. Have the to. thing is, is that Durant hates us. Like he, he actually hates the Knicks. Like Durant makes Durant he is like fifty on us last year. Durant is such like a main character in his head. He views playing in MSG like LeBron views playing in Cleveland. Like, but it's not that obviously. But like yeah. Durant takes it that personally, and yeah, I mean they'll just. Play. But yeah, he dropped fifty on us last year with ease, and like we had nothing to do about it. Was it fifty? It was fifty. I wa- I rewatched that that post game stream the other day, the beginning <laughs> of it, and I was like, oh my god, he dropped fifty were, on us. Were we mad? Um, no, we weren't actually. We were pretty chill because we expected to oh, yeah. lose. Yeah, that was because it was 50. late in the year. Yeah, it was fifty. It was a fifty piece he dropped on us. Did did we broach the fact that maybe we should have put Evan Fournier on Kevin Durant? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think I don't think that was a Wally game. That's why. No, Fournier actually had a good game. game. Oh, that was the game where like Fournier dropped like it was RJ Julius and um Fournier all dropped like twenty five a piece or whatever. And yeah, we but lost. it wasn't enough. And we still lost. Yeah, it was like whatever. It was like KD dropped fifty. We 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 expected that, but yeah, if he does another performance like that, or like, or if it's like, yo, imagine like Ben Simmons goes off. <laughs> Don't even say that, bro. That, yeah, that, that's, that's that's nasty. Too man. far, too far. Yo, if he goes off on us in a Nets win, woo, Thibs, pack your bags, boy. Yeah, pack I, your I, bags. I'm on, bro, man. He he's not making it to the release of Black Panther. Like he's not making it. I hope so. Like, I'm man, so that would make Black Panther even better. I can't Honestly, I would be in the theater. <laughs> I would be in the theater cheering. They don't <laughs> cheer. I will. They, oh, blood, new Black Panther. Nah, I'm cheering because Tim's got fired, bro. What you mean? Like, <laughs> but back to Benjamin. Back to Brian Benjamin's comment, though. This is what I've been hammering since like the beginning of the season when everyone was like, you know, things look a little different with Thibs and Julius. I was like, yo, just wait till some pressure hits this team. Wait till some pressure hits this team. Let's see if they revert back to old bad habits. And here we are ranting like we did last year because of these same habits. It's like Julius doing ISO Julius things. I mean, he had this play where like, I don't know, was he trying to prove to John Collins that he could like take him or something? And then John Collins just like stripped him. I was like, dude, you can't let John Collins strip you. Why are you dribbling so much? John Stop Collins, dribbling. John Collins bodied him on the offensive class tonight. And that usually never freaking happens. Like, Give me a break. Everybody bodies Julius okay, on the but, offensive class. But, he never boxes out. He listen, just stands there. But there's two red, there's two matchups he takes first, you know, and we all But know it's John Collins. It's trying to point out, like, it's John Collins. You shouldn't let him do that to you tonight. Exactly. Like, it's Sabonis and John Collins. He takes those two matches personally, and somehow, someway, John Collins was Punked letting him. his nut tank. Punked him. Punked like, him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did he have like a late night out or something? Like, what the f- like, oh my gosh. No, it's it, seriously, it's it's all these bad habits from last year. Bad habits, they're really hard to break, especially if you keep bringing back the same fucking personnel. Like, it's obviously not going to change. It's not going to change if you keep enabling it. And that's what keeps happening. And we're just going to keep going through the same BS game after game until Dibs gets fired, Fournier gets moved out of the lineup. Randall possibly gets traded, which probably will not happen because this front office is dedicated to him and his family and whatever it is at this point. Um, but yeah. I, I do want to say this isn't a defensive Tibbs, 
but it's not on Tibbs anymore. It's on the front office because Tibbs is a 65 year old man who has had tons of success coaching in professional basketball. No one can actually like, no one actually thinks he's like tanking right now. Like he's doing what he thinks he's is Might be best. dementia. He's wrong. Like he's objectively wrong that playing Obi top in 15 minutes a night is the best thing for winning games. And that playing Evan Fournier over Emmanuel quickly is best for winning games. Like it's, it's a fact that he's wrong, but this is what he thinks is best. The things he values just, he's just wrong. The front office needs somebody in there needs to be like, Hey, we can actually be better and be making decisions that are much better for the long term simultaneously. Like those that those two things are not mutually exclusive anymore. What if he start doing that? What if they're already doing that? Then he needs to be fired. Or that, and that's me, what then, I think. Then, that's, then, I think that's what up. it got to last year. But like there were different voices in the front office. Like they said, yeah. there were some voices that wanted him out, and others gave him a chance. And here he is with this chance. So I think there was there was a point where they were like, you know, this is what we want to see. That's why we we kind of got a little compromise with the Jericho Sims thing last year. Like that was the little compromise, I guess, that they came to. And you know, IQ and Obi, they started at the compromise. Because oh <laughs> Tibbs is fucking insane. That's the comp. That's why. Can you just imagine like those negotiations? They're like, hey, Tibbs, you know, we there we're thinking about firing you. Uh, we want you to like, but you can't do it. And he's like, okay, all right, we want you to, I don't know, start a manual quickly. Can't do it. No. And then, Obi, like, can you give him like 20 minutes at the least? No. <laughs> all right, Jer- Jericho Sims minutes, maybe? I'll take it into consideration. <laughs> how did that not like, how did that not like send off big alarm bells that Obi was playing 15 minutes a game and Jericho Sims was playing none? And Tibbs is so obsessed with his rigid roles that it wasn't they both moved up. It was Obi stayed exactly the same in his role. And Jericho, and Jericho was down. started playing 20 minutes a game. Oh, yeah. That yeah he went up. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's the worst part, dude. <laughs> Wait. This, this basketball team doesn't make sense. I got to see. Doesn't. I got to see Jericho Sims minutes now. I have to check. While you're he checking played that. more in the second half of the season than Obi. He played more minutes, including like he played more minutes. Brian Benjamin also came in the comments asking about where's Deuce or Sims. If these guys are situational, I think it's time to break the glass. Yeah, I mean, with with Sims, especially especially when Hartenstein is having these rough nights that he does have, where you know defensive glass is obviously a big issue for him. Sims is pretty good on the glass, I would say, right? Christ on a cracker, you're right. I, I agree that Sims. The problem, I have, the, pro- the problem I have is that to me, adding Sims into the situational just makes it worse for Obi. Like, to it me, does. there's no, no way Sims should leap Obi for the backup five minutes. If we're getting killed on the glass, just go small. Like, just let Obi play more minutes because even if we don't make up the rebounding edge, he will make it up in other areas. I promise. He's a winning basketball player. Playing him more minutes will be a good thing. So I get behind what Brian's saying. Um, I just would rather play Obi more minutes before I saw Sims enter the rotation. That's my, my true. Opinion. True. I'm just thinking if like Dibs really wants to stick to those roles, it would make more sense for him oh, to enter Sims for Hartenstein when he's struggling on the glass and when Mitch is in foul trouble. 
but you know dibs doesn't have a brain apparently so he's just like running on like straight an old hamster on a wheel that's just like farting and shit <laughs> jesus christ hawkeye 420 says why do we keep doing this to ourselves i this is what jeff said to me as soon as like we hopped on before live like why do we keep doing this to ourselves i said this to myself as i was i made voice tweets today i never make voice tweets this is how you know like this is like getting to me now like oh yeah yeah hawks for hawkeye 420 also says the mets jets bills and giants have seen positive progress after being in the mud for a decade than the knicks i would agree we are seeing the 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 positive nobody gives um, a fuck about the jets anyway I, okay, I'm going to push back a little bit there. I, I'm not against uh, – actually, I, I do think the Mets, Jets, Bills, and Giants have – okay, I'm going to push back against if he means it in a negative way because let's just say – like, Tibbs is a problem, but this is the best spot the Knicks have been in in 25 years. Sure. Like, we can be as mad as we want, but the Knicks have a roster full of guys – the Knicks don't have, I don't think, a single negative contract on their roster. Like, you, you can joke about Randall and, like, maybe Fournier is neutral. Maybe Fournier is a slight negative. But they, the Knicks are in a really good spot right now. We have, like, nine guys who can be in the rotation under the age of 24. And, again, to Tibbs' credit, just because he doesn't deploy the players as he should – Players have improved under him. They have. Like he's made them. What if they were improving in spite of him? It's possible. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm I'm totally open to that possibility. But I because I know there's some people that like once you bring that up, they're like, hell no. Like those. But you also have to be open to the idea that like if you just use Occam's razor and the type of person Tibbs is, what he expects from you in practices. It makes sense to me that like guys like quickly guys like Obi who have good attitudes, who work really hard have been enabled in terms of a development phase because of tips. That makes sense to me. He just doesn't employ his, he just doesn't like use it, but yeah. So, I mean, I don't think we should be too down on like the roster and like the franchise as a whole. It's just, Look, we're reaching a point where something's got to be done with Tibbs. Like, either he's got to get better or we've got to move on. And he ain't getting better. <laughs> we know that for sure. Like, that's just not happening. Um, I had something I was going to say, and it totally slipped my mind. Um, no, it's all good. It will come back to me probably even after stream, and I'll just tweet it out um, <laughs> as I do with a funny picture or video to go along with it. Um all right so let's get back to some more comments i hope someone uses ai to make them say wow okay never mind that was that that comment went to little <laughs> that's something i'll probably tweet um christ <laughs> you saw the comment <laughs> christ y'all are wild christopher Vieira. all right so here we were joking about this before we came on live so thank you christopher Vieira, for bringing this up so we can you know rant about this on live as well but um wally said tonight that fournier was the best option to slow down murray so that must be the logic dibs and his supporters use honestly I mean, who did Evan start out on? Because, like, I don't remember who really started out on who to start the game. But Evan started out. I mean, whoever Evan started out on, it was just already a disadvantage, no matter who it was. But who does he start out on? He started on Hunter. 
but like not really like he was there i guess he was but, just like standing in space next to hunter like occupying yeah. airspace but this was the problem like what were they supposed to do because first of all i don't like rj on trey young i think that's like rj's worst possible matchup trey young was just slithering into the paint yeah we actually have a really good trey young stopper as we've pointed out but he there's a rule. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a rule. He's not allowed to go in the game for the first eight minutes of each half. So, you know, uh, that's that's too bad that he can't do that. Um, but we so he and then we have Brunson on Murray, which is bad because Murray's really long and tall. And he was just shooting over him, especially when he started to get hot. It yeah. was just like Brunson was like a chair to him. This was just like. This is not the DeJounte Murray I saw in San Antonio. What the? <laughs> Yo, yeah, was, no, I, I, I agree with you. Then again, like, then again, Keldon Johnson is out here putting up all-star numbers, bro. I don't know what Pop does. Dude, they had, during the sequence Sam was talking about earlier, when Obi missed the three, and then they hit a three, and then Obi missed another open three, and then they hit another three, and then Obi missed a dunk. During that stretch, Capella went like a freaking globe trotter on that, that alley-oop where he just like flipped it really high in the air, and he did like the get the fuck out of here. Like, look, they deserve to win. I'm not going to take that away from Mm -hmm. them, but they also had some fortunate breaks go their way Um, on a shooting front, like bounces went their way. Remember that we had that crazy good possession in the third quarter when we were down eight, five seconds left on the shot clock, got a strip and then the ball just like rolled to them and they got an easy dunk out of it. Like it was just a weird game. And to go along with all the ways we beat ourselves and shot ourselves in the foot. But yeah, going back to Wally's comment, um, Wally needs to like, I don't even, I can't, you know, I, I'm going to finish keep, your thought. I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my thought to myself because I don't want to have to put allegedly in front of my statements. Like I had to do last stream. So I will keep my Wally thoughts to myself. Um, but he should just like shut up forever. I'll say my, that. Minor PG 13 at least. Why is he even here? Why, why he, is he? He has he, no association with like, Knicks like you're, lore you're, or history at all. He's as important to the Knicks as like as I am. No, I'm more yeah. important to the Knicks than he is. Facts. No, don't doubt yourself, King. But like he's, a, he's like he is literally as important to the Knicks as like J. Man, he may no 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 no. Not saying that one. There we go. Matt Barnes. There we go. There we go. Matt Barnes. Like, what did Matt Barnes do in the Knicks jersey? Nothing. He was there for, like, or, like, Wes Matthews. He played, like, two games here, and then he left. Like, yeah, one game. And he sucked sucked in it. Like, what what does he do? Why is he here? Like, you tell him you could have got a better analyst? He's just here to, like, gobble on Thibs. Is he even from New York? Gobble on him. I don't even think so. Alan Hans' job. Yeah, but, like, Wally decided to, like, Join the fray this year, I guess, or whatever it is. But yeah, him saying put Forney on 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 Murray. Did did he want to see Murray eclipse Melo's record tonight? Is that what he wanted to see? Because like Murray was just doing whatever he wants. Jalen Brunson and Jalen Brunson, although he's shorter than him, he is in he is way more of an active competitor on defense than Fournier is. Fournier, like you might as well just leave. Dejounte Murray open if you're gonna put Fournier on him, you just might as well just leave him open and just tell him, "Hey, take all the shots you want, man." Like that—that's that's the equivalent. I don't understand what he—he he said. Oh, he's his size matched up with him. Like, what are we doing here? I feel like I would have preferred 
RJ on, I would have, I mean, you have to keep Fournier on DeAndre Hunter. Like if DeAndre Hunter is going to beat you, great. Let him beat you. Um, I would have preferred RJ on Murray due to the size and the length. And like, he doesn't have the quickness Trey Young does. I know that I'm, I'm sure that Brunson on, on Trey Young makes Tibbs nervous for a couple of reasons, but I feel like Brunson would really compete in that role. Like he, he, he's really smart. So he wouldn't like fall for Trey Young's bag of tricks. And then one thing that I feel like goes really un, um, under discussed in NBA discourse is that the kind of fouls that Trey Young draws, there's a very big disparity between how often they're called on role players and how often they're called on higher profile names. So like, even if Brunson picked up, you know, a foul or two, they're not going to like foul Brunson out of a game because of Trey Young's tricks. That's not refs. Don't do that. They have a bias towards big name players. So there's sometimes a benefit to putting your bigger name player on uh, a guy like Trey Young, who, you know, likes to try and foul bait. And that's how like he gets a good amount of his efficiency. Oh, 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 sorry to interrupt real quick. So from the, I'm going to read a Tim Bontem tweet from the desk of the great stats Williams, the 23 point lead for the Knicks tonight is tied for the team's third largest blown lead in a loss over the last 30 seasons. Over that span, the Knicks have led by 23 points and lost in five games. Three of those five have come in calendar year 2022. Yeah, we did like streams on them like just a couple months ago. (laughs) Yeah. So like at this point, you're seeing that this team blows 20 plus point leads pretty consistently. And I don't know how you don't look at the coach as being the symptom of this. Like, I'm sorry. Last year's personnel was different from this year's personnel. Last year's personnel also got better, whoever's on the team. This is a coaching issue. You play it in simple, and it's not going to be fixed until the coach is no longer coaching. Well, no, no, Tyrese. It's still not Tibbs' fault because, remember, we need a true point guard. Once we get a true point guard, we'll be, we'll be good to go. We'll stop blowing 20 points lead, point leads. That's what everyone said last year, if you remember. Like we got the point guard, but he's not playing point guard enough. So to technically, this time it works. You know, I was just, I was just being. Surprised. I know, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, yo, this team is gonna take years off my life, yo. Christ, <laughs> what is that tweet? What tweet? The one that, the one that you just like. Oh. <laughs> yo, that was insane. I had to just like just laugh because like there's nothing oh. else you can do or say at that. Yo, did you guys did you guys see what Brunson said in the post game? What did he say? Uh, Jalen Brunson on the Knicks eight turnovers to start the second half tonight. As a point guard, as the leader, I gotta take credit for that. That's just unacceptable on my part. We've got to be better. I love accountability. I I mean, I I fucking leadership. Bro, I don't give a damn. You better stop putting it on the court. I don't care what people say anymore, bro. I need Jalen Brunson to stop playing like he's like. I'm not gonna say that. Anyway, I need him to stop playing like he's not the damn point guard of this team like i need you to get these 20 shots in the game bro you want to be an all-star you want to be on sideline like you want to be underpaid overrated bro like come on (laughs) like shoot shoot keep shooting and i'm tired of these like four threes a game five no i want you to like shoot in threes like if you like i need you to shoot threes the way, like, if you had a gun to your head and somebody told you to spell restaurant, I need him shooting threes with that level of intensity. 
Like, you spell in restaurant under the rest. No. But you still go try your best. And I need Jalen Brunson to help with that kind of demeanor. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Y'all get what I mean. Y'all get what I mean. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was very passive. He's been very passive. I don't know what's going on, what's going on with him these last couple games, but. Um, yeah, let's get to some more comments. We got um Hawkeye420 who says Harnstein needs to share his bench with Sims. His offense is not nearly good enough to mitigate his terrible rebounding. Yeah, sort of this thing that we, we were kind of discussing before, especially when he's struggling. And when Mitch is in foul trouble, I think it's more important to get Sims out there, especially if Thibs for Thibs because his his philosophy relies on having a rim running or rim protecting centers, and that Sims fits that bill because you know he won't go to Obi, which would be the most ideal circumstance but you know that's not going to be the case um yeah christopher Vieira says besides moving fournier i think each game it becomes even more abundantly clear that randall needs to go obi is too good and Knicks play better with him yeah the offense was also just like flowing especially in that second quarter man it was just like obi was hitting threes he was just moving and grooving and just like all right clyde you just you can't you can't watch Obi play like he did in the second quarter, and then I thought uh, Doug made a really good point on the last pod. Quickly and Obi have stretches like they do, and a lot of times it's in the second quarter at the end of the first. It's at the end of the first or in the second quarter, and it doesn't matter whether it's versus starters or versus the bench. It happens a lot during those times. And then they come out of the game and they just sit and they do not. And that like anybody who's, you know, played, you know, like played sports at like a serious level, like you just know that's not how these athletes are used to operating. That's not like Obi Toppin's his entire life has pretty much just played basketball. And that's not like an excuse, but I don't think it's like a coincidence that the last two games Obi and oftentimes Obi, you know, has a great second quarter stretch and then he's expected to do it again because the starters blow it to start the third quarter. And then it's like, he can't, he doesn't have quite the same. He can't just pick up where he left off. You know, that's a really hard thing to do. And so, yeah, it's nice that he can do it, you know, every so often, but you need more fluid rotations. It can't just be one rotation per half for these guys. That's not, that's not even a rotation. That's just like hockey shifts. That's just, it's not anything. I don't know. Oh man. Oh gosh. Um, Virgil X trying to be positive. Optimistically. Will this be a wake up for Thibs? Short answer. (laughs) Hell no. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Respectfully. Tyrese. Wake up call. He needs to wake me up for this damn nightmare. Thibs, this if this was supposed to be a wake up call for Dibs, there were three of them last year. Three of them within the span of seven games. Boy, he hits news. Dude, three of them within the span of three games. Wasn't it back to back to back? Wasn't it Blazers? No, it was, it was, it was Blazers, three within Thunders, seven. Nets. Yeah, it was three right? within seven. Yeah. Dude, I think it was just three straight games. Blazers, Thunder, Nets. All three of those games, they were up 20, and all three they lost. I'm like 95% sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. I have the I have the image saved on my phone. That's the reason why I know it so well. Of the the blown leads. Yeah. I have it saved on my phone. I don't know why I do this to myself. I guess I'm a masochist, <laughs> but be watching but a yeah. lunch break crying. 
No, nah, I don't, bro. I get all Nick's things out of my face at work, bro. I need to be <laughs> at work. I need to be positive at work. Can't be bringing down the children with my low vibes, my low Nick's vibes. Um, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, I was right. February 12th, 112 to 103 at Portland. February 14th, 127-123 versus Oklahoma City. February 16th, 111-106 versus Brooklyn. Those were the last three games before the All-Star break. Yeah, and, mm, he, and okay. he had the whole All-Star break. Those oh. three games happened. He had the whole All-Star break, and then he came back, and Alex Burks was still starting. Yeah, the, here it is. I have it. I have this one here too. Um, Knicks have blown three twenty-point leads in the last seven games. There was um, February fifth versus the Lakers. We had a twenty-one point lead. Um, February twelfth versus the Blazers. We had a twenty-three point lead. And February sixteenth versus the Nets. We had a twenty-eight point lead. But we also had a huge lead in the OKC game too. We did. Yeah. The one at home. Yeah. No, I think. No, we didn't. We didn't have a big lead in that one. We had no, like we a didn't. ten point lead or in that, yeah, in that was, one, but we didn't have the, a big. Oh, lead. okay. Only ten. My bad. Yeah. So yeah, the twenty point leads though there were there were three within a, a span of seven, okay. and if this was supposed to be a wake up call for Thibs, he had three of them last year, in a shorter game span. So like, he's not waking up, bro. He's still sleeping. He's still sleeping. Yeah, they were only up eleven in the Thunder game. He's yeah. he, he's he has the hat on with the with the nighty going. <laughs> like he's not. He is not waking up. It, it's it's over. Yeah. Uh, he has the he has the mask on too. He took like three melatonins. He's out cold. Fa- facts. Like he's, he's on night. Ni- he's on Nyquil after drinking of Dayquil with some Robitussin on the side. He is slumped. Um, okay, so maybe this is something about playing with number 30. This has happened with Kemba, IQ, and Brunson with 30 now. Okay, well, Kemba, with I, Kemba, Kemba was washed. IQ is like the only person that really like had Makes, like a positive net rating with him last year, right? Um, Jeff? Yeah. Say that again. I'm sorry. IQ was the only person last year that had a positive net rating with um Julius. Yeah. Uh Randall had a negative net rating in every single two-man rotation except for with quickly, who he was a positive with. Wow. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's just something about him, but like, I think the players just also got to take charge. When IQ plays with him, IQ takes charge of like the offense when he's playing out there with Julius. He doesn't let Julius do that BS that, you know, like, let me dribble off my penis stuff. Like, no, he doesn't do that. Like, he's like, I got the ball. Like, I'm going to make decisions. Like, you do this, you do that. And like, but like Brunson has fallen into like the Kemba role of last year where it's like, all right, Julius, um, I'm going to let you like try to do your thing. And I'm going to just like, chill off ball to the side because you know i was playing with luca last year and i'm so used to that whatever it is also side he's, note he's dealing with side note shout out to quickly I, like i feel like we talked about quickly but we didn't really talk about quickly because like dude had 16 rebounds tonight yeah i know we focused so much on the negatives and i gave him like a quick shot on the beginning but i do want to come back and focus on how well he played tonight because you know he was what a plus seven tonight um one of the he yeah was the, the, he, was, he was the only positive there you go that, that's the Emmanuel quickly story every game basically no matter what he's doing he's always a positive um but yeah 60 rebounds i mean it's like so i mean to be fair atlanta is a really bad rebounding team but they managed to still kill us on the glass somehow um in against like hartenstein and julius specifically um but yeah Emmanuel quickly was just like he was going after those boards like you could say whatever you want to say about like rebounding with guards like whether they like um stat pad 
I know the biggest one is Russell Westbrook when it comes to that, but with IQ, it, do, it doesn't look like stat padding. He's actually getting like purposeful rebounds. Like sometimes like there was a big offensive rebound he got that he dished out to RJ early in the game. RJ um, missed the shot, but it was like great to see him immediately just get the rebound and dish it out. It was like, literally his tackle. first play on the court. Literally yes. his first play on the court. He ripped that offensive rebound down from DeAndre Hunter. And the point you just made was so good because – that is the type of shit we talk about with Obi. He, there was no beat before when he landed and he made that pass. It was as quick a decision as you can make. He got down, landed, and boom, that pass was perfect. And I wanted RJ to make it so bad for that exact reason because it was a winning play and it deserved to be paid off. And another point you made before we kind of switched subjects, you were talking about Randall and IQ. There was a play in that second quarter. Hardenstein was in the corner and Randall had a mismatch on the block. And Hardenstein thought they were going to reset the offense and quickly waved Hardenstein to clear through and go overload the weak side. So Hardenstein cuts through the baseline and now Randall has the whole block to himself with the mismatch quickly feeds him and Randall gets a layup because of it, because the, the small guy tries to jump the pass. That is like a point guard thing. Like he's, I don't get how there's Nick fans who don't understand how good he is. Like, yes, we all want him to make more shots. And honestly, he has to make more shots. Like, it's the difference between him being okay, like a good player who can be a fourth starter and like, yeah, maybe he could be like a Marcus Smart or like a worse defending Marcus Smart or a worse defending Patrick Beverly, but that's it. And being like a really fucking good player. Like if he shoots to what his shooting percentages are and what he's capable of, he can be like, I'm not going to say all-star, but he can be a really, really good player. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sorry I jumped in on you there. But yeah, I mean, it's a really good point about the quick processing. And he was just so good again tonight. And on the rebounds, like you're saying, his rebounds are very, very infrequently low leverage. He had a defensive rebound today that really impressed Preen. He like climbed over DeAndre Hunter and just tear, tore it down. Like he is in there battling amongst the trees. He boxes out like he's a really valuable rebounder. Very. He's just valuable everything. He's good at everything, man. Like, and people like, like the playmaking thing is the worst part that people talk about because like the gaudy assist numbers. Like when he gives you gaudy assist numbers, people are like, "Oh, wait, he's just passing to Obi," and it's like, "Well, he's passing Obi open." And then when he doesn't get the gaudy assist numbers, they're like, "Oh, why does Quick run the offense?" Because the offense usually looks better when Quick runs it. Like it's not his fault that nobody else in his team is able to take shots off the dribble like that. But like, he's literally tried to work guys open. He's usually doing it successfully, and he's also making guys better in transition. He's also making guys better in the half court. Like, what more does Quickly need to do besides make his own shots to, like, prove that somehow he is more than just, like, this Lou archetype that people thought he was Bastic to get him reddish, apparently. Which is weird. Like, he's doing that now, and it's like, dude, his defense is light years ahead of his offense. I don't even think that's a hot take anymore. Like, his defense is legitimately, like... I it's good. like it's like on the verge of all defense worthy. Like his ability to just clamp some of the best players in isolation does not get talked about enough because realistically we don't think about it like that because somehow we're still stuck from two <laughs> years ago where like he was good for a rookie defense, which is like mediocre NBA defense, but he was still good for rookie. And then last year he was just legitimately good, and this year he's great at it. But somehow, because he had a couple 20-point games um, his rookie season, we're thinking, oh, he's just a score-first guard. He's not a score-first guard. He's a really good defensive guard, change-of-pace guard, playmaking guard, 
whose offense he needs to find realistically. And if the offense yeah. comes around, then you're looking at somebody who could legitimately be like a very good starter, like an upper echelon starter. Like he could be a baby Fred Van Vliet. He's the only score first guard whose scoring is the worst part of his game. Like literally passing, defense, rebounding. He's better at all those things than scoring. Yeah. He's just like he's just By like a really scorer. wide margin. I would yeah. argue I would argue scoring is his worst skill right now. Right. But I, I don't know. Narratives are just hard to break, man. Like I, I don't get it. It's it's just frustrating because it because if you think about what if you profile what the Knicks need in between Brunson and RJ. If you remove your bias from the name of Emmanuel quickly and the preconceived notions, he actually profiles as exactly what they need at the two spot. Like, yeah, maybe when he's dribbling, he over dribbles a little bit and you don't want that because you want RJ and Brunson to sort of lead the way. But he's shown his first two years playing next to Rose and this year playing next to Brunson, he can play off the ball and he can, you know, still, he moves a lot. He's a really good screener. Like all the stuff he's good at is exactly what they need. And because there's this bias attached to what he looks like and what they thought he was going to be, it's like, they won't let him be it. And it's incredibly frustrating. Very. Got to bring up this funny comment from Brent. Um, the only excuse I can have for Thibs is he personally plays one-on-one versus Fournier. Must be because Thibs is the only guy Evan can stay in front of defensively. Christ. Yep, that might be the reason why he just keeps playing him. He's like, man, Evan just keeps locking me up in practice. I just, you know, I don't see how I can't keep playing him. <laughs> I bet Thibs um, is a grinder, though. <laughs> probably like <laughs> post-ups and shit. Yeah, shit, yeah, man. Like one of those YMCA freaks with the goggles. <laughs> <laughs> that's def- that's definitely Thibs. Um, Chris Christopher Vieira brings up this this great um point. Do you think Leon should be fired? Because I'm ready for this whole regime to go. Besides Walt Perrin, they have good young players and still refuse to prioritize them. Just maddening. And as I'm watching the Blazers, I mean this Blazers game, um Memphis they really make an active effort to you know get their young guys that they draft on the court and yeah. like actual playing time. So you got to think if the front office isn't doing anything to prioritize our young guys in terms of like, you know, maybe hiring a coach that will prioritize their development as well as, you know, getting rid of guys that will loosen up more freeing time for those guys. Like, like, are they doing their job in terms of like, if they really do value these young guys the the way that they claim that they do at least, then like, we really got to look into that and think about that. I mean, like I just, like I think people are, people are just gonna be like, oh, you should, like Leon Rose didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell and Leon Rose didn't trade. like the the Dejounte sucking is going to be baffling to me because like Dejounte Murray's not the guy you sell out for. Regardless, like I, I like I don't I don't think you fire him because ultimately like the sum of his work is still like solid, and realistically he's the best exec this team has had since. Check it. I don't fucking know. Like, I mean, the bar is also in hell, though. Exactly. So, like, the bar is in hell. <laughs> at this point, you're looking at a situation where it's like, okay, Ward Kerr's broken, and he's amassed a lot of young talent. His drafting has been really solid. I get not playing, but like everything else has been good. 
he's made the playoffs. Um, realistically, like he's better than the he's good. Like he's fine. Like you could look at what Zach does around the league and be like, well, they're worse. Like I don't think he's top ten, but I don't think he's bottom ten either. Like how many executives in the league right now are like? That's about, like look at him and Sean Marks, straight up. Like aside from the fact that you're able to get Kevin, Ben, um, Kyrie and Harden and stuff like that, are you taking like Sean Marks over Leon Rose right now? Probably not. Like. Well, yeah, I don't dude, think those guys. I don't think those. I don't think Sean Marks is even responsible for those, like getting those guys. I think it was more so like the players decided they wanted to go there, so that's where they went. Yeah, but and, like, like well, they, 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 they went there. They went there because of what Marks had done. The like, culture, Mark, yeah, but like not even just the culture. Like, remember after the the Pearson Garnett trade, they were in literal hell, and Marks ripped them out of the. It was Marks, right, who ripped them out of the abyss and made yeah. all those like. Re, like no one thought they were going to have any assets for like 10 plus years. And then within three years, they had a stockpile of young guys, picks and Kenny Atkinson. Now, of course, Katie and Kyrie were like, you know what? We, we, we don't actually, like they saw that. that as the priming for a takeover. Right. <laughs> they saw that like, look at these weak spineless motherfuckers. Let's come over here and I, take this shit over. I completely agree with, um, Tyrese, I think I think Rose needs a little bit longer of a leash. Um, I think he's done, and I'm open to changing if you know, like if Tibbs keeps doing this and makes it through the year, and and Rose makes it clear that like they're a package deal. Okay, I will reconsider, but I I, I think as long as it's reasonable. I'm willing to give Rose life after Tibbs or life after Tibbs changes the 1% of the time that happens because um, as Tyrese alluded to, he's just done so many like good things that, and the whole front office has that. I think you just have to, you just, you can't let, you can't let the perfect be enemy enemy of the good. Yeah. The people like people are like, Oh, championship and it's like could this team be like a like not a shit show for once and then like i don't know like if this team again if this team is able to finish above 500 or like hover around 500 bias on tips aside like if he's able to be like okay in three years of this front office i've been able to put together two teams that have been a 500 or above i've made the playoffs i've given you a massive young talent i've acquired picks like He's doing everything right. I just like I don't really see anything that you're like worth firing over. Tibbs is a sore spot, but again, this is a dude who two years ago won sore coach of the year. spot is an understatement, by the way. I know, but also like he looked like a genius when he hired Tibbs the first year, and now he needs to cut bait with it, sure, but like. Uh, yeah, I think people are just like really hot over the whole like Mitchell and Murray back to back. I'm not even hot over that. For me, it's I know, been... I, I know. I think, but it's more like you know, en mass. You look at like people like Twitter. It's a build up. It's a build up. It's a build up of, of frustration because of so many things that they've failed to do that it's all building up to this moment. It's like, all right, this is what you're trying to sell us on after all these misses, all these blunders. It better work out because if it's not, 
And this is what we're stuck with. We're stuck with a middling team that has the same bad habits from the previous, like, two to three years. What are we gaining here? The thing is, though, like, I don't think... I do like I do agree with the fact that they're middling right now, but at the same time, I also feel like they have the ability to just go, okay, we're going to make a trade whenever they want to. Like they can make a trade whenever they want to. It's just their willingness For to who? feel like... again. They can again. How many guys did you think Gobert was available until Gobert was actually available? Obviously not. But like right exactly, now, exactly, exactly. Which is my point. So like, again, I don't know who. See, but this, they have... that's see that's the issue with this like with this fan base as a whole is like just keep waiting for the next guy 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 until like who's left after that like or just but like there's, is there's that always, the okay, mindset the thing is like there's always going to be a guy though like that's the thing with the league there's I, I always going to be a guy i can't i can't live like that because we were like all right there's gonna be another guy oh donovan mitchell oh never mind and like is it what we're gonna keep doing as a fan base is it gonna be like oh there's the next guy and then oh never mind like I can't keep living like that, man. Like this front office needs to pick a direction of what yeah. they're gonna do, I, I and it can't be it can't be oh let's just wait for the next guy, let's just wait for the next guy, let's just wait for the next guy. It can't be that. I agree, and, but like, and if this- if 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 there is gonna be a next guy, let's fucking build the value of our current guys so that we don't have to sell six of them when there's a next guy. You know, yes. let's take that direction. Yes. That's exactly why you pick the direction of, hey, let's just play out the youth and then let's see what happens after that. If there's a guy that becomes available and we can only give and we can only and we're only um, allowed to give away like two of them instead of five of them, then it was worth it in the end. But if we're just going to end up like selling, we're going to be selling like the farm because that's what it's going to end up coming to if we don't play out these guys, if it ends up being like last year. And we have the same offseason again, like say or whatever, like Devin Booker asks out like the Suns, they they end up being like horrible this year, whatever it is. Like, and Devin Booker's like, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. Chris Paul's getting old. DeAndre doesn't want to be here. Blase, blase, blah. Um, and he's like, you know what? Let me get out of here. I would like to go to the Knicks. Leon Rose, that's my dude, whatever it is. And like, we gotta give up IQ, OB, Grimes, and like and like 10 picks when we can cut that in half by just playing the guys and showing their true value. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what this team is doing, man. I really don't. Um, But yeah, get into this comment, which kind of relates to what, what, what we're talking about um, right now is what does the front office get out of watching these games? If I was an analytics staffer or a pro scout, I would probably go off in the meetings. Like what the fuck is Thomas doing each game? <laughs> yep, Thomas. I- I think we'd all do the same, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Taz also says the front office is passive and weak, paralyzed when faced with making hard decisions. Um, yeah, I would say that pretty much. Um, JL asks if Thibs were to be fired, who would be the interim? Johnny Bryant, yeah. Yeah. It would be Bryant. And hopefully it would be him for the long term if he's successful in that stint. How, how do you not know how to... Like, I just need, I can't get over the fact that he views Obi and Randall as mutually exclusive. That's just so weird to me. Like, you're, it's your job. And I, I do this bit every night, but it's not even a bit anymore. Like, I, it's the one thing he's done his entire life. He doesn't even have a family. He sits there and he watches this basketball team play basketball. He has to see what Obi does for a basketball team. Why would you not want that more? even if it's with Randall. 
Like, how come in your brain all you can think of is, oh, well, there's this negative that the rim protection would be bad. And if all you can see is the glaring negative, how come you can't highlight the glaring negative when Alfred Payton's in the lineup and all he has is negatives? How come you can't see Evan Fournier for what he is defensively? How come it is this one weird thing that might actually work where you're like, nope, like this negative is just, it's impossible to overcome and that's it. And I'll never try it ever. How I just, I don't get how you get to that place in life. Baffles me. Um, (laughs) Brent says, I know why Thibs says he doesn't need a wife because the Knicks media is already gobbling him up every game. (laughs) Jesus Christ, bro. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um... Y'all wild. Y'all are wild. Christopher Vier says, when will people get over the fact that Randall is smiling and admit that we were better served prioritizing Obi going forward? Oh, Randall's mediocre and doesn't elevate others. Time to move on. Yeah, the whole Randall is smiling thing from Breen and Clyde is like probably top five most annoying things that I've heard on the Knicks broadcast this the this this year, and it's only like game six, game seven, whatever it is. It's like Randall, you know, he's like smiling. The the energy's different this year, you know? It's like, all right, guys, like we don't have to like do this whole smiling crap to like mitigate for like his mistakes for what he did last year. Like he was an asshole last year. It's okay to say that. Like you don't need to keep harping over the smiling. Like, great, he's smiling. Congrats. Um I think I think Breen and Clyde especially just have their biases. It's something I've noticed. Um the way they frame things is very much in line with what the Tibbs party line is. Like anytime Fournier does something half decent defensively. Ooh, he's really trying on defense there. Yep, yeah, they always point it out. And then, oh, quickly's got to get his offense going. Oh, the they always point it out when quickly makes a mistake or when And when RJ out. makes a mistake too, they're like, ooh, maybe yeah. oh, untimely pass there or some bullshit. Like it's like all right. Like when, when RJ made that pass to IQ, Clyde was like, oh, ill-advised pass there, but it made it through. It's like, um, Trey just tried to kick it, but it was a pretty d- decent pass. You know who else is on the fucking Tibbs agenda is the refs. Have you noticed they give RJ no calls and give Randall all the calls? Is that like, am I going crazy or is that like them being like? I wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. They're like, nah, we got to keep Randall on the court. <laughs> Man, but yeah. Um. All right, let's get. We got some more comments that I do want to get to that were pretty good. If I can find them, so many comments coming in. Um. All right. Um. Christopher Vieira also says the reason we are in this spot is really due to Walt Perrin and his scouting staff. What has Leon done to open minutes for them, though? Dibs has capped their ceilings at this point. Pretty much, yeah. Um. What we've also been saying. Um. Hawkeye says that um. Tyrese, you need to say offensive things in that Thibs voice and send it to TMZ. That is the only way we are going to get Thibs fired. Is uh is is it like a known thing that Walt Perrin is like the draft guy? Is that his thing? Um. Yeah. I I think yeah. I think going back to Utah, he was the one that got like Donovan Mitchell and and Gobert and them for them. So yeah. Nice. So I mean, he got us IQ and Obi and and Grimes, and you know. It would be nice if we can prioritize them and, you know, let them shine. But. It is crazy how hard we've nailed, like, every pick. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty wild. Like, at least, uh, obviously, people would argue against Obi and I guess maybe even picking Garland over 
RJ. I'm sorry. You want to move on? <laughs> no, it was a funny comment here that I really wanted to point out. Go for it. Taz says Julius is the type of guy who pours milk into the cereal bag and eats it out of the box because it's easier than washing dishes. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is he talking about? Are... <laughs> How do you even come up with that? <laughs> that is some good shit right there. Now, every time I see Julius, I'm going to think of him just <laughs> munching away with the cereal box. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's funny. That's hilarious. Oh, man. They calling you company, company man, Tyrese. Man. <laughs> man, don't call me Wally Zerbia. That's offensive. <sighs> uh, and to, to your question earlier, Jeff, um, about, like, about, I guess, like, it's... I guess it was about Thibs and like Obi. Um, and he said he thinks it's arrogance. Um, his first impression of Obi is is all you can see now. Same with IQ, same with Randall. Yeah. I mean, once you have that first impression with Thibs, that's how he looks at you for like the foreseeable future, I guess. Oh man. Um Oh, 24 seconds says the Celtics had the wait for the next guy mindset and it led to them wasting all those picks. Man, they had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think they're fine. They are fine. To an but extent. I think he I think he makes a good point. Like yeah. Ainge kept waiting for the perfect trade. And there was a time when like it's like it took Tatum making a leap for them to regain you know relevance like there was a time when people were like oh the celtics wasted all those assets they had it was like a it was like a string of like Kawhi, jimmy butler and paul george like all became available and they were just like nah yeah because like it, okay so what happened was what it was i don't they, know who was first though like let's just start from like tatum's um rookie year so like they make the ecf second round back to the ecf they have a down year and then finals so mm-hmm. like and the finals in Jalen Brown's first year, too, because they made it back-to-back years. Right. So, like, eh, like should, could they have done more with the picks? Yes, but, like, it would have cost them Jalen Brown and or Jason Tatum. So, like... I'm, eh. I'm, just, I'm just saying, Tyrese, they went... You have to remember, like, what the way the, the players were viewed. Like, Tatum was really fun his rookie year, obviously, and really good, but... After Kyrie came to town and he was kind of the guy, Tatum, I'm not going to say he regressed, but like statistically he kind of plateaued because his rookie year was so good. And then Kyrie just left for what? They got Kemba, who people were kind of skeptical about. So going into that 2020 season, you know, that that tw- that the going into the pandemic season, Anthony Davis was another name that people thought the Celtics were going to get. They missed out on Anthony Davis. He was now mm-hmm. a Laker. Everyone was like, oh, the Celtics got left behind. Like that whole 2019-2020 season, the only reason they made it back to the Eastern Conference Finals, the only reason they ended up making a leap going forward is because Tatum became a star. Like, so the the guy's point is that like by continuing to stock uh, or excuse me, I shouldn't assume it's a guy, um, but um, by continuing to stockpile assets and not pull the trigger – we're basically betting on somebody becoming a star and our best star bet right now is RJ. And I know how you feel about that. (laughs) 
Uh, I don't even mean that shit. I just, I, I don't. He, he, no, am, I, am, I, am I wrong, Tyrese? Like, I don't he, think you think that he, RJ will be a star. He could be a star in his role. All right. There you go. Oh, man. All right. So, looking ahead to the next game, we root for losses from here on out. Jeez, I, can't, I can't, guys. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm rooting for losses in the sake of firing the coach. That is the only reason. After he is fired, I will root for wins. I will root for development. I will root for all that good stuff. Um, next game is Friday versus the Sixers. We, I mean, I'm gonna, I want to say we want Midnight because the Sixers are dreadful, but we're dreadful. It's about just be a mid off. It is. Um, it depends if Embiid is gonna play. Um, oh, he'll that play. may that might give us some issues because he's been out the last couple games with them um, illness. And- MB will play because MB like that's what happens against when you face the Knicks, you yep. get healed. Yes, whatever it is, you might break your foot. You'll come back, and then you break your foot again after the day after you play the Knicks. That's how it works. All right. So how, how do we think matchups go? To start Pain. the game. I mean, dude, 48. this is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do we put 48? Do we put 48 on PJ Tucker? Is that what we do? Yes, he's playing center. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. Or yeah. Thibel. You put him on oh no, you put um Thibel just started getting minutes like today, I think. Yeah. Uh Daniel House is playing more minutes over him. And George's Niang. So yeah. like well, who cares? Like what? Thibel's what? cooked? What? Yeah. Whatever, nope. whatever we do, the starting lineup will get crushed. And then the bench will come in and they'll play well. And then the bench won't play for 45 minutes. And then they'll come in and do whatever. And then we'll lose. Like that's if nothing changes, nothing's gonna change. That's just gonna keep happening. Yeah, Thai will play today because I think Embiid was out. But other than that, he really hasn't been getting minutes like that. Um, wow, Thai will out the rotation to start. That's wild. Yeah. But Max, he's been great to start the year so far. He's been on fire. Um, Max is going to be being guarded by by Bronson. It, it'll be but, RJ on Harden. My favorite stat is I that, think what Dibs has been doing, he's been putting RJ on like all these fast guards. You think he's going to put him on? I think he might put him on Maxi. Oh, sadly, sadly, which isn't the most ideal thing, but that I'm trying to get into Dibs' brain right now and see like how he sees it and how he's been like putting RJ on these faster, smaller guards. He's going to put RJ on Maxi, I think, which. Probably won't bode well for us, but oh boy. Um, Fournier on PJ Tucker, Fournier and Harden. What are we doing here? You know, I told you it was gonna be Fournier on Trey. Like, dog, it, it you know it's gonna happen. He's gonna put Fournier and Harden. Fournier is gonna slap the floor and then immediately get blown by by post oh post hamstring Harden, and we're just going to experience the pain on Friday night. Like, and then uh, Tobias Harris guarded by RJ. Julius. Oh, wait, Julius. Okay. What I'm so assuming they... is probably like Brunson on yeah, assuming Embiid doesn't start. Um, if Embiid starts, then this is all different. Embiid is going to start. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. What am I even thinking? It's the Knicks. So, they actually did okay on him last year. Yeah, that one game, though, but this is Embiid that's like... Actually, Embiid coming up... Embiid's kind of like a slob this year, so... Even though he got his, he's getting his numbers, like he's been like super like lazy and stuff on like defense and things. So yeah, yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell really take advantage of that, you know. <laughs> Although Mitch actually, to his credit, 
has kind of been like moving and looking for spots to sort of take advantage of that kind of stuff. So maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't bust his, you know, All right, I, have, I, have, I have a question for you guys. I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen and heard a lot of people just sort of assume that the Knicks are going to be in the playing game. We're the 10 seed right now and the nets are behind us. What, what team that we're behind right now, are we going to finish the season ahead of? Because besides the wizards, I don't really see one. Let me look at standings real quick. I'm genuinely curious. I think mm, maybe yeah, the Bulls, but I don't even. It's kind of dicey. Yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm like, if the Nets just sort of half figure it out, like who are, how are we making the play-in game? Save a big injury, of course. Uh, yeah, we took standings too. Cause like uh, maybe Washington. Yeah. Right. Washington. Washington is the one where like you think that they probably drop because it's Washington, but they're going to try. Like, yeah, they're they, definitely gonna try. They're gonna I, try, and they have like their best players better than, and eh, maybe not. I don't know. Brunson versus Beal. Who do you guys think is better? Probably Beal, right? Beal's a fake ass star. Beal's <laughs> the fakest star in the league. Yeah, fair. But yeah, it's 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 gonna be dicey. It is gonna be dicey. I just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like we should just. Pick a path, and that path should not involve Obi Toppin playing 15 minutes, you know? Wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think we will end here before we, you know, lose our minds any further with this <laughs> nonsense that is the Knicks. Um, shout out to everyone that tuned in. Shout out to everyone that left comments. Shout out to all the jokes that y'all left. Definitely kept the balance between the positivity and the negativity. There's definitely a lot more negativity, though. Um, make sure y'all check out all the links in the description. We got links to the Patreon um, if you want access to the Discord, or you can chat it up with a whole bunch of other Knicks fans that mess with the Strickland as well. Um, we're also in there. I pop in from time to time. Um, you know, we got um, links to the site, the merch, and the Twitter. Make sure y'all follow us there. Leave a like and subscribe as well. It helps us out a lot. We are on the road to one k sub so definitely help us out there with a, a like like and a sub share it with a knicks fan that you that you may know as well um and yeah we will catch you guys on friday after maybe the knicks win maybe not <laughs> uh, <laughs> that shit didn't happen but yeah we'll be back on friday after the knicks game versus the sixers um peace it's uh, so negative tired You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.